Welcome to a special series of the Her Empowered Divorce podcast. Here, I'm introducing you to a variety of expert professionals for your divorce team. Some you may know about, others you may not. I'm your host, Beverly Price, Divorce and Empowerment Coach. I'd like you to be aware of all the resources available to you that weren't available to me during my divorce because I want your divorce to be a better experience than mine was. From attorneys and mediators to financial experts to real estate and mortgage professionals, domestic violence experts and child-centered divorce, we'll be exploring how these professionals can support you. Through these conversations with incredible divorce professionals, we hope to provide valuable insights and information to empower you to make informed decisions and feel confident as you move forward in the divorce process. We're in your corner, empowering you to be the master of your divorce while feeling confident, capable, beautiful, and stepping into the next best chapter of your life. Join me in each of these episodes for practical advice, actionable tips, and insights to prepare you for this challenging time. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. I hope you're having an awesome day. I'm Beverly Price, Divorce and Empowerment Coach, the host of the Her Self-Expression Podcast, and this Women's Divorce Expert Series. We're here to talk about divorce and divorce professionals. Many people are unaware of all the professionals available to help, whether you are just wondering if you should get a divorce, in the complex legal and financial process, dealing with co-parenting, or are divorced and want a better light, these experts are here to help. Today, I have these questions for you as my audience to think about. What do you see as the first priority in your divorce? What do your actions teach your children? What kind of role model do you want to be in your divorce? When your children turn 18, what would you like them to look back and say about how your divorce was handled? Well, my guest today is the epitome of expert. Her name is Rosalind Sadaka. She is founder and head of the Child-Centered Divorce Network. And she's going to talk with us today about the absolutely critical topic of protecting your children before, during, and long after divorce. Your children are really depending on you to make the right decisions through every facet of your divorce and co-parenting for years ahead. So while your divorce may end, the effect on your children continues. Rosalind is the founder of the Child Centered Divorce Network that helps you protect, guide, and love your kids so they don't pay the price for your divorce. She is a divorce and co-parenting coach. She provides advice, programs, and other valuable resources for parents who are moving through or transitioning after divorce. She is an accomplished author, has books, ebooks and a podcast and so so much more and they'll all be included in the show notes for you to look at. Hi Rosalind, thank you so much for being my guest today. It's so good to have you here. 
Thanks so much, Beverly. It's a pleasure to be talking with you. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, So you're a divorce and co-parenting coach and founder of the Child Center Divorce Network. What made you so passionate about your work? Oh, well, that's a great question. I was uh, getting a divorce and it took years for me to make that big decision. I put it off for a long, long time. And my son was 11 years old and he was starting to show signs of stress and tension in his own life. He was getting tension, headaches, and other symptoms. And I knew the time was right to shift our life and and give him more peace and a better role model for his future. So I initiated the divorce, and my ex and I had to learn. this This was years ago, and we had to learn and figure out what to do to make the co-parenting successful after divorce, because we both really cared about our, my, our son. And it, it was a struggle as it is for everyone, learning what to do, right. what not to do, how to do it in the best possible way. And we, we worked it out. We worked it out in a very amicable way and, and a cooperative way. And my son went through the experience And when he was in his early 20s, one day he came to me literally out of the blue and he said, you know, Ma, you and Daddy did a really good job with the divorce. And I just want to thank you because most of my friends whose parents divorced either hate their parents or are very angry at them. And I think you and Daddy were really great. And I let out such a sigh of relief because you (laughs) hold so much guilt. Did, you know, did I mess my child up and what are the repercussions going to be in his life? And that became the catalyst for my founding the Child Centered Divorce Network. I realized that I had learned a lot and um, that there's a many things that I realized that should be done and should not be done. And I became a divorce and co-parenting coach and, and uh, wrote several ebooks and courses and programs following all of that. And it just sort of evolved into my life's passion. And my my son wrote the forward to my book on how do I tell the kids about the divorce. And he's actually been with me on stages on occasion when I've spoken at divorce oh, expos. Wow. So I'm very honored and I'm I'm very proud of him. And I'm I never expected this to become my life's work in midlife, but it did. Oh, that's wonderful. Well, it's absolutely so needed, and I know that. So many parents need access to the type of expert that you are. Well, so thank you. if we kind of dive into some few questions that I'm really interested to get your take on, mm-hmm. what are the most important things our children want their moms to know that are too often overlooked by parents or that the parents misunderstand? Oh, yeah, that really is very significant. First, they want you to know that this is your divorce. It, it wasn't our fault or responsibility. Right. So keep your drama away from me because no matter how old your kids are, even if they're older teens, they don't want to get enmeshed in your drama. Right. And it isn't fair. It isn't fair to, to lay the um, experience on them. It isn't fair to ask them questions and, and get them involved in, in it all. It it just hurts them and it robs them of their childhood when you do. Your kids want you to know that 
they don't want you to make them feel bad or guilty or ashamed for loving their other parent, for wanting to spend time with the other parent, and for wanting the other parent to love them. It's so often we, we feel very justified right. in saying, you know, I'm the good guy in this equation. If it wasn't for your other parent who did this, that, and the other thing, that isn't what your kids want to hear. Even if you're totally right, that's not what they want to hear. So you have to be very mindful about what you tell them. Gotcha. They don't want to be caught up as spies in your life, too. It's so easy to find out what did daddy's girlfriend have to say when yes. you saw her? And and what happened when, when you after the, the movies? And what restaurant did you go to? Now, of course, you're going to have normal conversations. That's expected. Right. But kids know when you're diving beyond, when you're going deeper, when you're trying to pull information out. And very often they're uncomfortable. If I say this, I know mom's going to be angry. If I say that, dad's going to be angry. It's a no win for them. You really have to put yourself in your child's shoes at that age, experience what their world is like, and have a lot of compassion and empathy for them because they're doing their best. They don't want to be part of the emotional equation of what you're doing, and they shouldn't be. Right. And they, they want you to give them the leeway to say, hey, can I call mommy tonight? I, mm -hmm. I'm missing her. Or I'm, I'm worried about daddy because he, he wasn't feeling well. Can I give him a call and see what's going on? Those are normal things that happen. Right. And we want to be very mindful of that so that we let our kids have their childhood and, and feel comfortable being who they are with you and around you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, one of the things I was told when I got a divorce was no matter how vile or awful the spouse was, um, that I needed to find one redeeming quality in that man and keep saying that to my children because the child gets his identity from both parents. Do you agree with that? Yeah, there's okay. it's 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 very important that I always talk to my my own clients about catching your ex doing something right and you know and just giving them a pat on the back so to speak. You don't have to physically be doing it, but but just saying Hey, thanks for picking Johnny up an hour earlier than we had planned. It really made save me in my scheduling, or or I appreciate your your calling the doctor for us because that was a crazy day. Whatever it is, find right. something you could say positive about them, and do mention nice things to your kids about the other parent because they crave it, they're looking for it, and the, mm -hmm. and they need it because they love innately. They love both parents. And if, if you're constantly letting them know all the faults and all the ways that other parent fails, then they're feeling very funny and guilty. How come I still love daddy when mommy is saying such terrible things about him? It, it isn't good for their psyches to have to be processing that. And we have to remember kids can't fix your relationship. It's not their place to get involved in adult issues. Right. Give them time to to be the kids they are at the age they are and keep them out of all of that stuff. But they do love to hear you saying something nice and to counteract all the other things where you may be rolling your eyes, making little comments or expressions and be very mindful about, even if you're talking on the phone to someone, you may be talking to your best friend on the phone and, 
and really reaming your ex about something. Make those conversations away from your kids. Yes. They don't want to hear it. And especially all professionals agree, keep your conflict away from your kids. If you have to fight, do it at a time and a place when the kids are not around because it harms them and hurts them. And they, they develop psychological wounds from being exposed to conflict again and again and again. I would think that in some cases, there was a lot of conflict in the marriage before the divorce. What can you do for children in that regard? Well, it's the same kind of information. Keep your conflict away from the kids. Don't use your kids as spies. Don't use your kids as messengers. And very important, never use your children as confidants. So it's oh, very yeah. tempting. You're, you're sad. You're depressed. You're feeling, you're feeling bad. It's so tempting to, especially if you have a precocious child who's, who's very mature and to take that child and start saying, well, mommy's feeling so terrible because this happened and that happened. And he said that. And this, immediately, as soon as you give your children access to your adult challenges, it robs them of their childhood. They're, they're privy to information they should never have because they can't really help or fix it. And suddenly they're thinking, what can I do to make life better for, for my parents? Yeah. Life is complicated enough for kids. Kids don't have to do that right yeah. now. There's so much going on for them not to have to become your therapist or your confidence. So be very careful about that and be able to sit down, look your child in the eye, whatever age they are, and have conversations that are age appropriate with them. So be aware of what they can grasp, what they can understand, and explain things in the simplest possible ways to them and let them know that this too shall pass. I can be feeling sad and depressed today, and that's okay. Sometimes everyone feels that way, but there's going to be better days ahead. There's going to be happier times. I have something to look forward here to. You, you will have things to look forward to as well. Right. We have to keep the overall energy in the home as positive as possible because you want the kids to just feel this isn't the end of the world. This is just a passing experience and there's going to be other experiences, including happy ones. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about a trip coming up, a birthday party, uh, a holiday, other things that, that are something to look forward to and keep the energy as possible, as positive as possible. Absolutely. When I deal with, with my clients, one of the conditions that can present itself that leads to a lot of the negative behavior in adults that you're talking about is developing a, a mentality of victimization and speaking like that. That's, you know, that fuels all the negative talk and daddy did this wrong and daddy did this wrong and woe poor is me. And for the woman, the more she is the victim mentality, the more she's going to get stuck there and never have a happy life and never be able to parent her children in a healthy way. So that's one and of the things I work on with, with my clients as well. I think it's so that's important. So, so, so important. And when we have to remember that we are role models for our kids always, it's not as much what we say. It's what we, we do, do, how we be, how we present ourselves. Yes. And so if, if you have a parent who's in a victim mindset, what are you teaching your kids? How are you teaching them 
to cope with challenges and conflict. That's inevitably going to happen in life, even with the perfect parents. Life is going to be uh, presenting obstacles. And how are your kids learning to cope and deal with those obstacles? Yes. It's, it's a real gift to give them a positive mindset and to remind them this too shall pass and, and to give them the ability to feel strength within themselves. You have the ability to handle this and cope with it. And there's going to be better days ahead. Yeah. I think, I think too, the more you can as adults model um, conflict resolution in a healthy way, then the more the children learn how to handle conflict resolution in their life. Totally agree. Gotcha. Um, So you talk about some crucial questions that all divorcing parents need to ask themselves. And this is very important. So what are these questions and why are they so important? I find that questions really stimulate thinking and they bring us out of being stuck. We get stuck in our mindset. We get stuck in moods. And the questions sort of shake us up and say, hey, wait a minute, what's going on here? Right. For example, how are our kids going to feel about us when when our children are grown adults? Mm -hmm. How are they going to feel about the way we handled our divorce and co-parenting when our kids are grown adults? Oh, your kids are going to be opinionated. They're going to hold you accountable. They're going to have a lot to say. And um, many, there are many studies of adult children of divorce who, like my son said, are very angry, very hurt, very wounded, afraid to have relationships. So if you could stop today in whatever your status is and say, what am I presenting for my kids? What am I teaching them without speaking? What are they seeing? How can I change? Because it, there's always an opportunity to say, hey, you know what? Mommy made a mistake. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. We're going to make a change here. Your kids will not only appreciate your showing them that anyone can apologize and be responsible for mistakes and make a mistake, but that this is something that mature adults do, mature, responsible people do, and it gives them the ability to do that in their own life. Gotcha. And when you... Own what you're what you're doing. You're showing them that there's other choices. We can always make other choices in life, and divorce is an opportunity to really re reaffirm and and make changes and new choices all the time. Another important question is to say, would I be making the same parenting decision if we were still married? So there may be a decision about discipline, mm, interesting, or sleepaway camp or, or um, a, a party or a vacation or something else that's going on. And if you could just ask yourself, would I be saying the same thing if we were still married? Or, am I, or would I have done this, but instead I'm saying that because I want to hurt my ex? I know wow. this is a weak spot. This is triggering. If you're, if you're going off in the tangent and your intention isn't pure parenting for the love of your child, but instead throwing the knife in the back of your ex, then you're off course. You're making decisions that aren't in your best interest of your kids, which is supposedly what we're all trying to say and do. So that keeps you on, on the straight and narrow. And ask yourself, do I love my kids more than I may hate or dislike my ex? 
Right. If the answer isn't yes, you really need to sit down and get some help and, and realign your thinking. Because if your focus is continually on hating that person and getting back and revenge and, and looking for ways to create hurt and pain in, in that person, rather than focusing on loving your kids, what's best for my kids? What will my kids appreciate? How will they grow and thrive and mature responsibly? Then you're off course, and that that can steer you in so many ways off course. So when you're creating a parenting plan and you're making decisions about who's who's going to take the kids for what period of time and all of those details that have to be addressed, you want to be thinking in as open and clear a way as possible of what will do best for the kids as opposed to how can I get more of this, grab more time, have more of this because because it's in my own interest or it's financially better for me. Because in the short term, yes, that, that will work. Lying to your kids will work too when they're young. Mm-hmm. But it, it's going to catch up with you. It's yeah. always better to be honest and and candid and really be thinking of how will my kids be impacted by this decision. And they will thank you in the end, when they're grown adults, as my son came to me and did, they will thank you because they can pick up on if one parent has a, a mindset in one way and, a, and the other parent has a different ma- mindset that's counterproductive to everyone in the family. So it, it's hard to be patient and wait. It's hard to struggle when you're, when you're definitely dealing with, with a difficult ex, a narcissist, a person who just doesn't care and is just paying lip service. But you need to take the high road as much as possible to be an example for your children, because that's what they will pick up and respect you for. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, in some of those negative behaviors, putting the knife in the back and things like that, what I have found is that two things are happening. One is a person who wants to put another person down is really feeling so poor about themselves that they want to bring the other person down to their level of hurt. And that needs a lot of work because not only does that affect them and the children, but it affects the entire future. If you want to make a decision to be miserable your whole life, then continue that hatred and bitterness. But it's your choice. It's not someone doing it to you. You're making that choice. So um, I, I, I see a lot of that, a lot of that. Yes, I know we, we both do. And you're, you're so right, Beverly. This is such an important point. And we forget that our kids are watching and learning every Absolutely. minute of every day. It's, it's penetrating them. And the more we confuse them by saying one thing, but doing another, what kind of messages are we really sending to them? Absolutely. Be able to have conversations with your kids and listen more than lecture Mm -hmm. and listen to what they're saying, because sometimes we really can pick up some deep truths about ourselves that we're not always aware of. Yeah. And those truths, that's why I advocate coaching because I think a lot of those truths need to be dug into and worked on. Um, You mentioned um, a hostile ex, a narcissist. Um, 
if you're in a contentious divorce, um, and you can work on yourself, but you can't necessarily change the other person. What do you suggest in those situations? Yeah, so that's one of the most challenging and difficult situations when you really do have someone that you know is contentious, is going to be hostile, is maybe even proud of the fact that 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 they are. They have no concern about you or your well-being. And sometimes they pay lip service to pretending they're caring about the kids, and that's not even even the truth. Again, you have to role model whatever your kids are seeing and watching and hearing about you has to be really above board so that you are role modeling maturity and positive parenting. And at the same time, you have to really hold a blind ear and ignore some of the negativity that's coming at you. Don't don't react. Right. Don't respond if you're dealing with someone who, who can't be cooperative, who can't who can't play fair with you. Mm-hmm. And in many cases, there's parallel parenting, parenting. People move from co-parenting where there's communication and you're trying to work together to be the best parents following divorce. And instead, parallel parenting, parenting where whatever's happening in that other household is happening. And when your kids come back, you just have to do the best job you can with them at this point and be mindful of what you're showing, what you're saying. It's definitely challenging. Yeah. But again, you you have to keep your integrity and you have to be aware that kids pick up on energy and they pick up on deceitful parents. Mm-hmm. They pick on, up on manipulative parents. They pick up on lies. They're confused for a while. There's no doubt about it. But ultimately, as they grow and mature, especially move into their teens, they start realizing that they're getting mixed messages, that they're dealing with different personality types, and they will hold you accountable ultimately. So keep keep the faith and get a support system around you because yeah. this is something that's really difficult to do by yourself, especially when you're in a, a challenging situation. So you need to have someone that you could trust. Again, having a coach is, is so valuable because they can move with you for years after the divorce mm-hmm. in any in any stage of of your life and and in your parenting um you could have you could have solid sound advice and guidance as you're moving through take advantage of friends and family who are really there for you and just try to do your best and we do all have to be able to forgive ourselves yes. because we're going to make mistakes and yep. be able to move on without holding, beating ourselves up. Because sometimes we want to be so perfect, so right, so, and no one can be. So when when you when you make a, a mistake that you regret, own it, apologize to your kids, and and move on. Uh, self esteem, self worth is so important for mm-hmm. you, and that's what you're modeling for your children. So you you have to be very careful that you're not beating yourself up. And we can never change another person. As right. tempting as it is to try, and I think especially for women, we've all done that. Yes. It, it doesn't work. So once you acknowledge the fact that I can't change who this other person is, then you could find another road, another path where you're dealing as minimally as possible with someone who's difficult 
or you're making changes within yourself where you're not letting yourself be hurt or wounded or triggered, mm-hmm. or maybe you need to improve your own co- communication skills. There's there's different ways of approaching subjects. And one thing I, I like to talk to my clients about is using the sandwich technique. When you have something tough to communicate, a complaint, a problem, an issue that, that's coming up, start by saying something nice, like thanks last night for, for picking Johnny up an hour earlier. And then make the comment that you want to discuss and talk about, and then end with something positive again. Right. It, it, it it was great seeing you at 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 the ball game last week with him. He he loved seeing you there, so that everything coming out of your mouth isn't just harsh and and criticism and and negative comments. When you have that mix, it's more natural and normal. And what you're also doing is hopefully training your ex to be a little more communicative along those lines too, so that they can give you an attaboy, so mm-hmm. that they can say something positive to you because we, sometimes we forget that co-parenting is a lifelong experience. The divorce ends, but the relationship with within the family that doesn't end. Right. And that's why it's so important when you're a parent, you, you have so much more responsibility on your shoulders than people who divorce, who don't have children. Yes. And so you <clears throat> have to be mindful that this is an investment in my life, in our life, for the next 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 years. And yeah. I want to make sure that it's as positive for my children as possible. There's nothing more egregious to me than seeing people at their own wedding where, where mom and dad can't be in the same room for three hours uh, and and having happy experiences together and embarrassing the kids, graduations, all these happy times when the parents can't behave in a mature, responsible way. So kudos to all of you who are working hard at that because it's a gift to your children. Yes. It's also, you need to think about it, um, that you're not only affecting them, but you're teaching them about themselves and the kind of parent and the kind of person they'll be. You know, if you Mm -hmm. are tolerating abuse, you're conveying the message that I'm not worthy and therefore they're not worthy. If you're um, lashing out and putting down or mistreating, that's the kind of role model and that's the kind of person that child may become. So that's another aspect of it too. Yes, very well said. Um, A question that always comes up, and for topic, is that it is that um, should I stay together for the children? Um, what are your thoughts? Well, this this comes close to my heart because I was raised by two parents who should have divorced. They stayed mm-hmm. together for the sake of the kids because this was another generation. And that's what everyone did. And it was embarrassing to get divorced. And so I grew up in a terribly unhappy childhood. My parents were continually fighting. They didn't know so much of what we take for granted, knowing and understanding now. And it was miserable. And I was a very precocious young girl. So my mother made every mistake in the book, not intentionally. Mm -hmm. And I became her confidant at eight and nine and 10 and 12 years old, sharing stories about daddy and his family. And did you know this? And 
telling me things about relatives and, and my father that I didn't want to know. I loved my father. Right. He was a good man. They, they were so mismatched. Right. And it, so I learned very early on that staying together for the sake of the kids does nothing for the kids. It's just in form only for the, for the appearance of the public. But, but living in a toxic household is very damaging. And I, I was very depressed and wounded my entire childhood. And then when I noticed in my own marriage that my son was starting to show stress signs, you could imagine how I upset I, and afraid I was that I was becoming my mother. And that's why I knew I had to get out of this marriage. I had to make a shift, a break out of that and do something different because otherwise we would have stayed together and my son would have paid the price. Gotcha. So no, I don't believe that staying together for the sake of the kids is good for the kids. It's not good for the family either because people do deserve happy relationships. And yeah. I think my parents who weren't bad people would have done much better with other partners and had happier lives. And mm -hmm. I would have been able to see happy relationships, which I didn't grow up with. So yeah. um, I think that's such an important question. Absolutely. So what are some of the most damaging mistakes that moms can do? We've talked about some of them, but, you know, we can do other things that harm them emotionally in psychology. Do you have anything else to that you want to add? Yeah. So, so we want to make sure that we are always mindful about our mood and energy because we pass mm. that along wow. to our, our children. And th there's time for punching pillows and crying and, and feeling bad, but not in front of and around our kids. And we want to be very careful about never sharing adult information with our children. Mm -hmm. it, it seems very tempting to, to do that and explain why this divorce is happening or why I, I did and said what I did. But kids can process, their brains cannot process adult information. They can't fix your relationship, no right. matter how bright your child is and how compassionate they are. I had a client who uh, was um, divorcing and he was very angry because she initiated the divorce. Well, she had an affair which mm -hmm. initiated the divorce. And he wanted to tell the kids that we wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for your mom having the affair. And you could understand how upset he was and how right. self-righteous he was. And I had to explain to him, I think the kids were eight and 10. I said, what good is it going to be for your eight and 10 year old children to know that mom had an affair, which right. is beyond the, the ability of any child that age, even if they were 15 and, and 17 to, to understand what that really means, how that happened, the consequences of, of it all. And so I said, if you love your kids, you're doing this for them. You're not doing this for mom. You're not protecting mom. But telling them the reason for your divorce is not age appropriate. Right. And he understood. To his credit, he got it. He understood because he really was a loving father. And he didn't have that conversation with them. And the parents had the appropriate conversation of breaking up why we had differences and, and we feel that life is going to be happier when you're in, in one house with mom and sometimes in another house with dad at other times and everyone's going to be happy in all of their time together. 
And it, it worked out very well. And they had a child-centered divorce. They had a cooperative, amicable wow. divorce because they let that go. And that's so important for parents to understand. Right. I I will. I do want to interject here that there are certain situations, particularly those of domestic violence, yes. where these rules need to change and you need to seek professional help. You need to develop safety plans and you need someone that is specialized in domestic violence that can help you navigate that because um, that's just a whole different ball game. Absolutely. And, that has to be em emphasized. Yeah. And also we, we never ever want to keep our children from the other parent. That's one of the biggest mistakes and most mm. painful outcomes of divorce done wrong. It becomes parental alienation. And again, one parent may feel very justified that the other parent is not a good parent, is not a good person. Mm -hmm. And so you badmouth, you you make up stories, you deny the, the kids the ability to see that parent. And very often the kids become totally engaged in whatever you've told them, yeah. especially if they were young for years and years. But it is so unfair to do to a person to keep them from having a relationship with their own child. Absolutely. And the children very often when they do grow up and understand more about what happened, will hold you accountable and be very angry at you for doing that. You don't, children need two things to be able to love both parents and to be able to be loved by both parents. And those are the foundation bottom line that kids all kids need, and especially children of divorce. So you don't want to do anything to prevent them from loving both parents and being loved by both parents. And that strengthens them. It, it gives them the ability to grow up in a much more mature, responsible, healthy, happy way. Wow. Yeah. So, um, so we've talked about a lot. What would be your three takeaways, <clears throat> excuse me, that you would like to give every mom that she can take away right now and help her in parenting a child of divorce? Remember, you're a role model always and what, what your children are watching and learning from what you say and do and don't say and do. And so don't beat yourself up. But keep that in mind so that you can do things better and, and be aware of how your kids are picking up on everything as you are a role model for your children. Be very, have your antenna up to be aware of, of what they're, the messages you're sending to them and what they're getting and how they're living. The second takeaway is be very careful about conflict. Exposing kids to conflict is da damaging and dangerous because their, their psyches are not prepared to be handling that. Innately, kids will want to fix things, make a remedy, stop fighting right. and put, and they can't. And it's so unfair to them. And the frustration that they're living with of trying to make, <clears throat> excuse me, make life at home better or life after the divorce better when, when they have two parents who can't get along, it, it's heartbreaking for the children. So be very mindful of that. Don't burden your children with responsibilities that they shouldn't have on their plate. 
And the third is, is what we said just recently, and that is your children need to have the right to love both of their parents and be loved by both of their parents. So anything you do that's hindering that is really stopping your children from having happiness and joy in their life. And we want them to grow up, despite the divorce, we want them to grow up happy, well-adjusted, and enthusiastic about their own futures and enthusiastic about relationships. Mm -hmm. Children of divorce should want to have healthy relationships, fall in love, do all the things that, that yeah. we want for them. And if if we're creating situations at home that are stopping them from believing they can do that, from believing that happiness is possible, that's on us. And, and we want to be very mindful of the messages we're sharing with them, verbal, physical, emotional, and psychological. Wow. <clears throat> do you have any tips about how to tell your children when you're going to get divorced. <clears throat> yes. And, I, and I've written a book, How Do I Tell the Kids About the Divorce? Okay, perfect. A create a storybook guide to protecting your children with love. And so I believe very strongly that if you use family photos of life before the tension at home, even life before they were born, to show that their two parents got married in a love bond that there were many happy times, many happy years, many happy occasions. Kids can look, and I put that in a, in a scrapbook, a storybook format. Mm -hmm. They can look and see the happy occasions when they were younger and as the years go by. And then be very frank and parents should talk to each other first so that they get in agreement about this conversation. But say, like, mom and, and dad or whoever the parents are, are not getting along well. There, we've been fighting, we've been unhappy, you've been unhappy when you were around that kind of tension, and we've decided that life is going to be better for everyone in the family if we live in two separate homes, so you'll have good times with mom, good times with dad, and we will still be a family, we will always be a family. The form of the family will change. It'll be a little different than it was, but many things will still be the same. You'll still have your grandparents, and you still live in the same neighborhood and still go to the same school if that's at all possible to do all, all those things. But focusing on what's going to stay the same, not only about the changes, and say that life is going to be happier for all of us afterwards because right. we are going to work on that. That's what mom and dad are working on doing for you, and we're going to make it happier. And it, with my book, I wrote the text, and you customize it with – in some ways. So it's about your family, but the message is like that. Right. And so the kids have something happy and positive to look forward to. And the important message is we, we remind the kids, none of this is your fault. Even if we're right. fighting about the kids, it's never the children's fault. Right. That this is about change and not about blame. So both parents never point the fingers and talk about the other parent being at fault. This is an agreement that both parents have made for the well-being of our families. Everyone in the family will be happier in the future. And we talk about what's going to stay the same, some of the changes that are going to happen, but that's not as important during this initial conversation because this is about the energy, the expectation, 
the understanding of the fact that this is not the end of the world, that things are going to get better as a result of this. And then we remind them that your parents will always be your parents. We are never going to divorce you. Yes. And your parents are always going to love you. And that's unchangeable no matter what happens. And when the kids are armed with that mindset and with that information, they're able to accept what's happening step by step by step. And if you put it into the storybook format, they can reread the storybook again and again and again in the days and the weeks and the months to follow to reinforce that conversation and to see that it's going to have a happy ending. And then, of course, it's up to you, your responsibility as parents, to create that happy ending. And you want to do that because these are the children you both love. Wow. Rosalind, I wish I had known you way back when I got my divorce with my little children. It would have, oh, wow. Thank you. I wish I had taken many of these steps. Um, so I know that people are going to be dying to find out more about you, about your books. Um, how can our listeners find you? Very simple. The website is childcenteredivorce.com. That's centered with an E-D, childcenteredivorce.com. And right on the homepage, there's a free ebook on post-divorce parenting, success strategies for getting it right. Just enter your wow. email address and that'll be sent instantly to you. I have a ton of articles and videos and information and resources on the website. And under helpful tools, you'll find my one-on-one -on -one coaching programs and courses. I have a program on breaking the divorce news to kids, anger management for co-parents, on dating after divorce, and I do one-on-one -on -one coaching internationally. So you can access me on Zoom any, anywhere in the world. But for those of you who are, are past coaching or can't afford coaching or like the convenience of just taking advantage of, of other online resources. I have an audio coaching program. I have eBooks and eCourses. So there's lots of valuable information that you can access very low cost to give you the support you need because that's the most important thing that you feel supported and not left alone without the information and the resources you need. Absolutely. Rosalind, thank you so much for being my guest today. This was fantastic information. I've really enjoyed it and learned a lot. Well, thank you. I, I'm delighted that you invited me and I'm, I'm delighted in the conversation we had as well. All of Rosalind's information will be available in the show notes along with mine. You can find them at my website, herselfexpression.com on my podcast page or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for being with us on this episode of the Her Self-Expression Divorce episode series. I believe that women helping women is our superpower, and that's why I'm bringing you powerful women experts on all areas of the divorce process. Divorce is not a time for guesswork or going it alone when so much expertise is available. There are major decisions that can affect you long after the divorce and can affect your children long after the divorce as well. You don't have to go through this divorce process alone. I work with all of these experts to coach you along on your divorce journey. 
whether you are contemplating divorce, separated, in the midst of, or divorced and looking for a better life, we're all here to help. Thank you and take care. Thank you for tuning in to the Her Empowered Divorce Expert Series podcast episode. We hope that you have found the information shared in this episode valuable to you no matter what stage you are in divorce. Remember that it can be a challenging time, but with the right support and guidance, it can also be a time of growth and empowerment. If you are interested in learning more about divorce coaching, how it should be the leader of your divorce team, and how it can help you navigate this difficult process, be sure to visit my website at herempowereddivorce.com and request a free consultation. We also encourage you to check out our other episodes and resources on the website and to stay tuned for more expert insights and advice on how to create a positive, empowered divorce experience. Take care and we'll see you soon.